Hey guys, how's it going? This is Josh and I want to welcome you to episode 2 of the Books by Josh show. Before I get into today's episode, I just want to put in a little disclaimer. I am by no means a financial planner or advisor. Any statements said in this podcast about finances are of my own opinion. Follow them at your own risk. Now that I've gotten the disclaimer out of the way, I can get this episode started. The title of this episode is The Average Joe's Financial Knowledge. The reason why I decided to make this episode is because of an incident that actually happened today. So let's take a trip down memory lane. So today I had a semi-important business meet in Westchester, so I decided to seize the day. In other words, I went to the town in which I used to work in. I had originally planned to use the trip as a way to promote my brand. But when I was meeting with my friends and acquaintances, the topic of finance just kept popping up. When I say the topic of finance, I'm talking about different factors of finance, such as income tax returns, credit card debt, investing, savings. It just happened to, happen to come up, you know? So, at one point of the day, I was talking to a friend of mine about investing in stocks that pay dividends because right now he's investing in mutual funds and ETFs and he wants to be a little bit more aggressive with some of his investments. So as we were talking, a former customer of mine, customer of mine stepped into the conversation, he excused himself and he actually wanted to talk to me about finances. So he asked for my card and you know what he was? He was the real average Joe. By calling him the real average Joe, I'm not disrespecting him in any way, no. I'm just pointing out that this person is the definition of the average Joe. The reason why is because he's lacking financial knowledge. Do you know how many people out there don't have basic financial knowledge on the way money works? Investing, real estate, anything regarding finances. People don't even know the fees on their 401ks or mutual funds. They don't know what compound interest is. And that's baffling. So, I he wanted to talk a little bit with me. So, I decided to sh- share some snippets of financial knowledge. You know, a little bit of knowledge. Nothing fancy. So, after telling him these things, he asked me to become an advisor to him. A financial f- consultant, you know. But... I was very flattered. It's not the first time somebody said this to me. But I told him, I have no background in finance. I'm not a financial advisor or a planner. I just do average research that anybody can do. So, he, even though I told him that, he was still very adamant about using my services. I'm not going to turn him down, you know. So, we decided to set a later date to talk more about it and fees and everything like that. So, we're working on that. But that is the main reason I wanted to make this episode of the Books by Josh show. The main thing about money that a lot of people don't know is you have to tell your money where it go. What do I mean by that? Tony Robbins calls investing his way that he learned when he was 27 as the wealthy man's tax. What the wealthy man's tax is, is when you put a certain percentage of your paycheck into an account that you won't touch. 
Line savings and investments. He learned this when he was 26 years old and it actually helped him become who he is now. He has almost half a billion dollar in assets. So the best way to start telling where your money to go is by creating a budget. You have to tell your money where it goes. You have to assign a value for each dollar. If your dollars are unaccounted for, you'll lose track of them. That's why in kindergarten they had the buddy system, you know? So, I know the word budget makes you think of cutting down your expenses until you're eating cat food for dinner. No. Just hear me out. Okay? There's one book, if you, you suck at budgeting, which I do, <laughs> it's called the, Tony, the Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. I'm a shopaholic. I'm the first to admit that. I spend money, but I keep it within a certain range. Make sure I don't spend more than I have to for anything. And yeah, I could still come up with a budget that has some money left over. A budget is basically listing your expenses against your income. So you know how much money you bring in every month. It should be the same unless you're based on commission or your part-time, stuff like that. Well, on average, your income stays the same. So you just list out all your expenses for the month and you set certain amounts aside for food shopping, for clothing, for saving stuff like that and at the end of the month you have some money left over so the thing about writing down all your expenditures you get to see exactly what you're spending money on prime example my budget a week after I wrote down a budget I found out I was spending over $60 on Red Bull and about 30 to $40 on coffee I'm not talking about a month I'm talking about a week I'm spending $100 on energy drinks and coffee. So do you know what I did? I stopped the Red Bull. And I made a one-time investment of $20 for a coffee maker. And I bought coffee. A couple bags of coffee. $8 a bag. A bag lasts me a month. And I saved. I'm So $8. If I'm spending about $100 a week on coffee and Red Bull. Now I'm spending $8 a month. Which comes out to $2 a week. So I'm saving $98, almost $100 a week. You might think, oh, it's $100 a week. What can I do? That is $5,000 a year, $5,200 a year. Come on. Okay? It's not rocket science. It's just common sense that we don't remember. Common sense isn't so common. And the only reason I was able to learn about budgeting to this level was from the $10 Dave Ramsey ebook. Okay? He has a podcast. If we didn't sign your thing, listen to his podcast. Okay? If your expenses are less than your income, that means you have money to save or invest. Like I've said many times in this podcast, I'm not a financial advisor, a planner, or a financial guru. I'm just voicing my opinion about finance. Okay? So for this person and anyone else out there that wants my financial advice on what to do after they have a set budget. If you want to ask me right now, what do I do now? My answer to you is, I don't know. When I say that I don't know, it's not because I don't know how to manage your money. It's that I don't know what you want in life. I don't know what your financial goals or aspirations are. Okay? I don't know what your situation is. Do you want to start saving for a child's college fund? Do you want to start saving for retirement? Do you want to invest in long-term gain? Do you want to invest just to become a day trader? Do you want to trade options? 
Do you want to just try and make as much money as you can? Do you want to be the wolf on Wall Street? I don't know. There's so many different types of ways to invest. Prime example, real estate. I have no clue about real estate. I'm looking into that now, but I can't tell you anything about real estate. I just know about a little bit about stocks, okay, and stuff of that nature. Okay, I have bonds. I do loans. I do all that, but real estate, I want to get into, and I'm working on that. So let's get back to this now. If you want a general idea about what to invest in and stuff like that, once again, the total money makeover has a lot of information there about retirement account, Roth IRA. I learned about Roth IRA in there. What Roth IRA is, instead of being tax deferred for when you retire, you pay the taxes on the growth now. So that doesn't sound like a big difference, but when you're paying taxes, is tax now under the money? You know what the rate is. Who's to know what the tax rate is later? And then you're paying tax later on the entire amount. It's a bit hard to explain, but once you read the book or just YouTube or video on Roth IRA or Roth 401k, you'll get the concept. The only thing that I don't really agree with in the book is when Mr. Ramsey talks about the average rate of returns. The book mentions the average rate of returns for low index mutual fund is about 8%. From what I've personally seen in certain professionally managed accounts, the average return on investment in mutual funds is about 3 or 4%. Before you say that's low, it's better than the bank. Okay, the bank is my personal bank, which I have is Chase, is giving me 0.01% interest on a thousand dollars so that means on a thousand dollars i make one cent a month horrible i know okay like i said this is from what i've seen on certain friends iras 401ks investments vanguards you know this might not be reflective of you i know people with 30 percent return annually my whole thing is this guys just hear me out. This is just, like I said, my opinion on things I've seen. So let's talk about how much capital and stuff like that do you need to invest. You could start with $10, $20. I started doing personal loans and lending club for $25. You don't have to do that because you could lose that $25. People default on the loans all the time. So, the whole thing is, I would just want to say, if you have a decent amount of capital and want to grow your money, I recommend a fiduciary. After hearing that statement, I know for a fact you guys have two questions. Number one, what is my definition of a decent amount of capital? A decent amount of capital, in my opinion, is $40,000 or above. And the second question, what is a fiduciary? A fiduciary is a financial advisor who, by law, has to act in your best financial interest. The only reason that I personally know what a fiduciary is was from another book. You, If you asked me a year ago what a fiduciary was, I'll tell you, I don't know. A flute. But the book that taught me this was Money Master the Game by Tony Robbins. The book is amazing in teaching me and everybody that I recommended to little known facts about the investment world that you may have never known about. So, I highly recommend that book. It lets you get your feet wet 
in the pool of the finance world. Tony Robbins had so much success with that book that he actually released a new book on financial on finance called Unshakable. Talk about how prepared for the market crash that's coming soon. It came out February 28th of this year, and guess what? I'm waiting for my copy in the mail. <laughs> no lie. So after I read it, you know it's gonna be on booksbyjosh.com, and I'll let you guys know how it is. If you want one golden piece of nugget, even a small one from me, a little piece of advice, I recommend, this is just me, like I said, no financial background. I'm learning like you guys. Invest in stocks that pay out dividends. Then use those same dividends to buy more of the same stock. If you want some high dividend stocks that I personally invest in, here's three. N-Y-M-T, Nancy, Yolanda, Metro, Transit. O-X-L-C, Oxford, Xylophone, Larry, Charlie. And P-S-E-C, Peter, Susan, Edward, Charlie. Okay? You don't have to invest in these stocks, but I do. You remember earlier I told you that the average rate of return on my interest in per thousand dollars is 1.01%, which is one cent a month. So in three months, it's three cents. So if you were to take the same $1,000 and purchase it all in the share of OXLC, which has a dividend yield of 22.10%, is the highest dividend yielding stock that pays quarterly dividends, that'll give you 88.18 shares. And if you multiply that by the quarterly dividend, which is 60 cents, you heard me right, 0.6, you get an income of $52.91. Essentially, $53. And you do that for without reinvesting back into those stocks. In one year, you make $212 compared to making $0.12 cents in a year off $1,000. Of course, that's not including the value of your portfolio if it goes up or down. But that's why I do dividends, guys. Like I said, take a look for yourself. Look up the knowledge online, guys. And that's basically it for this rant. So, we live in the information age. If I could find this knowledge, so can you. You can go online. You can YouTube, Khan Academy. Take all these online courses in this, okay? We don't have to live a mediocre life that we don't know fees for certain things. How many people know the interest rate on their credit card? Average credit card interest rate is probably about 14 to 18%. The banks are lending you money at 18%, yet you're getting 0.01% back off your money. Think about it. They're using your money to get back 18% and only giving you 0.01, so they're keeping (laughs) 17.99%. So, that's it for today. If you enjoyed this episode of the Books by Josh show, please feel free to subscribe. If you want more content, feel free to visit my site booksbyjosh.com I recently did a post about philosophy Confucius if you want to follow me on Twitter you can find me at booksbyjosh if you want to support the channel in any way you can visit patreon.com slash booksbyjosh and like always guys I'll catch you guys in the next one see ya